Today, I get to talk to you about doors. Last week, we got to start this series, and if you weren't here, I would recommend you going back and listen to it. Um, It was a simple message, but it was important for us as we kind of set the stage for what the rest of the series is going to be. Basically, this whole month of of June, we're going to be talking about about doors. And doors are these very, very simple um, and common mechanical instruments that we use every single day. They said probably the most common mechanical um, device that we operate every single day. Last week, I talked about how these doors, doors represent like a a gateway between environments in our life. We step through a door and we're in a new environment. We step through a door and we're in this new place that has new rules. And and these doors are these these passageways between. We operate them every day. I actually asked you guys to keep count if you could in a day. I don't know how many people did, but I laughed because my buddy Josh down front, he messaged this last week that he had one day that he counted and he used 204 doors in one day. In one day. Now, I'm going to challenge you guys this week, if you want to, check for yourself and see if you can beat his total. Perhaps you've operated more. This morning, I haven't quite accomplished that, but today, I'm sure I will operate a whole bunch of doors, and you will too. But doors are kind of an analogy that we're using. They're a picture of of what we're talking about, not just these mechanical structures that keep us from different environments, but they relate to our life that every single one of us is in this journey of life. We're all moving towards an end. And along the, the way, we experience these doors. And doors are their decisions, opportunities, and invitations that come along the way. We have these decisions we have to make, and we come and we'll have kind of two doors to choose between. We have opportunities that come to us, and we have to decide, are we going to open this door, or are we going to leave that door shut in our life? And every one of us, throughout our lives, we're going to come to these decisions, opportunities, invites, and they're a door in our life. And we have to decide, are we going to walk through these, or are we going to go around them? Maybe we're going to head another way, go through another door. And all these doors kind of link together to take us towards that end purpose. So doors are really, really important for us to understand, because we are all going to face these opportunities, these invitations. We're all going to have to make these decisions, every one of us. Last week, we talked about the fact, as we started up the series, that we believe God has a plan. He has a plan for every single one of us. Like I said, if you weren't here, go back and listen to it. God has a plan in a a big sense, but then he also has a plan for us personally. And though I told you guys, which thank you for uh, calling that back out, I'm here on purpose. And that we need to understand that because if we don't, then it's hard for us to walk through this because if we don't realize God really does have a purpose for our life, then it's hard for us to understand why it's important for us to think about our decisions. The reality is God does have a plan. You're here on purpose. So these doors are important as we walk through them. I mentioned that it would seem like this problem would get easier when we start a relationship with Jesus Christ, and to some extent it does. But sometimes it almost feels more difficult. Because before this, I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but if you're, if you're pre-Christian, if you're pre-Jesus, you just think, I just decide what I want to do with my life. But then after we start a relationship with Jesus, it opens up this whole new question of saying, what does God want to do in my life? And we spend so much time thinking and talking about what does God want me to accomplish in my life? If I'm here on purpose, what is that purpose? How do I get to that purpose? How do I arrive there? What if I miss my door? And all these questions get thrown on, a lot of conversation. The Lord's will, the Lord's will. What's the Lord's will in your life? Are you in the will? Are you outside of the will? What's God's will in your life? 
I face tons of different decisions as I grew up. All these different opportunities, and I think about my own life as we go through this. Um, obviously, I was in high school, and I had an opportunity given to me where someone said, Cameron, uh, basically, we'd love you to help with our youth ministry. My mother was a youth leader, and she invited a group of people, including me, to say, I want you to help run this and help organize this. And it was an opportunity, and I decided to walk through that door and decided that was right. Remember, after I got done with high school, I had to decide, I faced the decision, a multitude of doors of saying, what do I want to do as far as my college experience? Where do I want to go? What do I want to accomplish? And these doors were just lined up. I remember looking up and down them, you know, figuratively in my mind, thinking, which door am I supposed to walk through? Which one am I supposed to go through? You know, it, it all links together to something, but which direction should I go? And while I was in college, I had this opportunity kind of set in front of me, the idea to, to start a college ministry. And I was interested in thinking, should I do this? Should I not? And, and I decided to walk through that door, and I started a college ministry when I was in college. While I was doing all that, I remember that there was this, this guy, Dave Short, and he was um, the, the national director for U.S. Fusion. And we met and talked about college ministry, and he gave me this invitation. He said, I'd love to have you come and, and work for U.S. Fusion, basically be like a, a local missionary, like here in the United States, working to pioneer this stuff on campuses. And at the time, I remember thinking about it and wondering, and as I stepped into it, as I walked through those doors, there were other doors along the way. I remember one time that he said, you know, Cameron, I think that this is really important, but what you need to do is you need to decide if this is more important than just your career of work. And I remember driving home all the way from Dayton, Ohio. It was a six-hour drive to Chicago. And I remember sitting and turning the radio off and just praying and talking to God for six hours. Saying, what am I supposed to do? You know, what, what, what door do you want me to walk through? Is this where you need me to walk through? Or, or maybe this is just a waste of my time. You know, where, where should I be going with this? I remember I had walked through that door. I finally decided, yeah, this is a door I wanted to open. And I moved away from just full-time work and said, I'm willing to take and, and set aside a whole portion of my days, a whole portion of my week to be able to be focused on, on trying to pioneer this stuff. I did that for a season. I remember that the idea rolled around finally of Acts Church. And there was this decision to be made. Should we move forward with this or should we not? I mean, that's a huge risk. It's a big step. It's a door that's very, very massive and is going to take a lot of work to pull open. I remember thinking and praying and asking God, should we, should we do this? Should I open this door? I remember opening that door and sometimes thinking, I don't know if I should open this thing. That was a lot of work. Man, that's scary. I remember doing that. I remember meeting my, my wife, Amy, and I remember as we walked through our relationship, many times thinking, is, is she the the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? Do I want to walk through that door of engagement and marriage with her? Is that the right door for me to walk through, God? We, we all face these things. I face them in my life, and I know you do too. I know that all of us do, and I specifically know that our church does because this is a really, really common prayer request we get. I mean, as, as pastors, obviously, we're always here for you guys. If you ever have something you want to pray about, actually, you'll see it before service if you ever want to. There's literally a, an email you can send prayers to, and we're happy to pray for people. People stop and say, I have this situation I want you to pray for. But in all reality, a lot of the conversations that I have as a pastor revolve around these doors, these questions that people have. They revolve around, around when something is going to happen around where something is going to happen, around what is going to happen. Everyone has these questions. They ask, you know, like, um, what, what job should I take? Should I take this job? Should I not? What, what, what 
person should I be with? What, what city should I live in? You know? They ask where. They say, you know, where, where should I go to college? Should I go away far? Should I stay close? Where, where should I put my kids in school? They ask, you know, where should I go to church? Perfect. Very good. Yes. Making sure you guys understood what we're doing here. This is where's man. Where where do I do this? Where where should I go with this? Where should I go with this? And, and then people, of course, ask the whens. When will I meet that person? And when will this opportunity come my way? When will we have kids? Man, when should I when should I stop? When should I start? When should I step out? When should I step back? People ask these all the time. These what and the where and the when. And these are the questions that go through our mind all the time. Ones we have to answer. They're decisions and opportunities and invites that come along our way. And we deal with these all the time. People ask these questions to us and say, would you pray so that we could determine and what and where and when? People talk about this all the time and, and people basically call it the, the will of God. And where am I going? What am I doing? When is it going to happen? A lot of focus comes around this, and um, I wanted to address some of this and be able for us to get some clarity on it, and and paired with just good Bible teaching as well as great teaching I've received from other people who are way smarter than me, which is great. You have a pastor who tries to keep learning all the time, and uh, Stephen Furtick taught a message that, that contained a lot of this, and I remember it made so much sense to me, so I wanted to share and basically rip off some of his teaching and give it right to you, okay? So we're just cutting middleman... I'm not sending you, I'm just going to go ahead and feed it right to you. But here's the deal, okay? When we talk about the Lord's will, just so you can understand, okay? There's this big picture, okay? And it's kind of like all-inclusive, okay? Then we're going to draw another circle here. You guys think I'm an artist? Isn't it terrific? Look at that perfect circle there, right? Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, that middle one's kind of an oval, isn't it? What we have is this. In regards to the will of God, we have on the very outside, we have what is known as his works. Okay? And, and the works of God is like the big picture, okay? Like the really big picture of what God has. This is like the idea that we believe that God's in control of the universe, of a general plan, right? This is like, you know, he's in charge of how nature works and all this. He's in control, right? There's a will, there's a direction. This is the big, the big picture, okay? His, his works. And, and most people don't really have much issue with that. It makes sense. This is the general idea of like how stuff is going to work. After that, we get down and we get into what is known as his ways, okay? And, and his ways are it's stuff like the Bible. It's the things that uh, he points out to us. It's, it's basically like the idea of, of his law and his, his, his wants and, and the things we see about how we should live and things like that, his ways that we, we incorporate. And that's sometimes also called what, what people would call it is the revealed will of God, it's a revealed will. We can find it right there in the scriptures. We can, we can associate with it. And then what we have is right in the middle of what most people just call the will of God. And what that revolves around is a specific calling or a specific purpose in regards to our life. And this is how most people kind of figure is there's the, there's the general purpose 
There's his revealed will and his ways and how we should live and how we should connect with God. And then there's his will. And for most people, this is their big focus. Once we start a relationship with Jesus, this, this focus becomes on finding the very center, the, the will of God in relation to our life. We kind of think of this almost like here's the United States, here's Illinois, and here's LaSalle, Peru, okay? You know, like if we can get into this very center, we're kind of in the general works, we get in his ways, and then we find the city where we're supposed to be at in relationship to what God wants in our life. And this is what most people talk about. And what we're addressing here when we talk about the, the what, the when, you know, the, the where, is we're talking about the will of God, that specific will in regards to our life. Now, when we look at Scripture, we see that, but, but I think we kind of see something a little bit different. Um, Paul, when he was uh, out planning churches, he walked all around and basically started all these different churches. And if you ever wonder when you open your, your Bible, you'll find all these different books that Paul wrote that are named like Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians. Those are letters written to a church in a city. So like Ephesians was a letter written to the church in Ephesus, okay? Like Galatians was a letter written to the church in Galatia, okay? And there's these two letters in here that are called Thessalonians. Can anyone guess the city that he was writing to? Thessalonica. Very good. You might have said, or you're like, Thessalonia. It's close enough. You're fine. Paul started this church, and then he would go on to plant another church. And when he was away, he would write these letters to try to direct people's attention to what was most important. He tried to steer their attention back to what was important for them to see. And in, in Thessalonians, this is actually probably, they said, the earliest letter that he wrote of Paul. And in it, he talks to these Thessalonians in the church about where they're supposed to be going. And I think he really pinpoints what's most important for them to be thinking of. So here's what he says in 1 Thessalonians 2, 11 through 12, if you want to read along on your own or if you want to read along out here. This is what he says. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. He's talking about when he was there last. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and his glory. Now this is important. He's saying, listen, we can go back to last week, right? The last verse in this. He called you to share in his kingdom and glory. What does that mean? It means God has a plan, right? He has a purpose for these people. He's saying, God has a purpose in your life. And we can kind of read it backwards and say, okay, then what's the reaction to having this calling? And this is what he says. He says, we pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. So he says, because of your calling, your concern should be about living a life that's worthy. He actually goes on, and I think he makes this really, really clear. I just want to read you. It's just the first half of this verse. First Thessalonians 4.3 makes it so simple and plain, and then he goes on to flesh it all out. God's will is for you to be holy. God's will is for you to be holy. He says, you're called. You have a purpose. Man, trust in that. And he says, you have a will. God has a will for your life. There's a purpose in your life. And he says, the will of God, man, it's for you to be holy. The word holy is actually the most common reference to God in all the scripture. Not loving, not judgmental, not to, holy is the most common term given to him. And it's a reference to the fact that he is so, so pure and so perfect 
And what God says is, what I want you to do is be more like God. He says, God's will is for you to be even more like God. He says, that's the will. And here's why this is so important, because this is what it does, and this is what it changes. Paul is saying to them, of most importance to your life, of most importance to your life, for you to be able to accomplish the will that God has for your life, what he does is he takes this and he flips it around for us and he changes it. And what he says is there's this general works of God, that's true, but what he does is he flips the will of God and the ways of God. He says, the most important thing, what I want you to get, what I want you to understand in regards to accomplishing what God has for your life, in what God's actually asking of you, is this to be holy. It's to be associated with his ways. And what Paul points out is, in all reality, the will of God isn't in the center of the ways The way of God is in the center of his will for your life. And what he's saying is that if you get into the ways of God, if you make that your focus, instead of being all concerned about the will of God, about the will of God, and instead you're concerned about the ways of God in your life, he says you'll be in the will of God. If you're in Peru, you're in Illinois. You don't have to figure out Illinois because you're already in it if you're in Peru. And he says if you get in the ways of God... Man, the will of God, that's going to happen on its own because it's surrounding you. It's all around you. You won't have to search for it because it's going to be all over you. And this is so important because it is so different than what we do in our church, in most churches, in, in, in churches around the globe where we focus so much on the will of God, the will of God for my life, the will of God for my life. And he says, focus on the ways. And see, the will is surrounded around it, and you'll find it anyway. Here's, here's what I've got to get you to, to see here, okay? He goes on to kind of explain this, but, but here's what it, it all breaks down in just in a simple term so you can understand it. If you walk in his ways, you will be in his will. If you walk in God's ways, you'll be in his will. Romans says this, Romans eight twenty eight. Terrific verse, you should memorize it. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What did Paul just say was the will of God for us? Man, to be holy, to follow his ways. And he says that if you're doing that, if you're called by God, if you're following his ways, he says God works together everything else for the good of the believer. It's like, it's like God saying, listen, This whole time, you've been thinking that the will is in the center, okay? And you've been saying, God, you know what? You're going to take care of this. I'm focused on this this will. I got to figure out the will of God. I got to figure out where I'm going to go. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I got to figure out when this is going to happen. And God says, wait a second. I'll take care of that. You don't have to worry about the what and the when and the where. That's my responsibility. Your responsibility is the ways, See, I already spelled out what I want you to be like. I already spelled out what I needed for your life. I already spelled out what your life should look like. It's all written down here, and it's explained. 
And if you seek after that, I'll take and I'll put together those other details. I'll put together those other things. That's my responsibility. I'm happy. God works together all things for the good of the believer, for those men who are called according to his purpose and ways. So that's the idea. He says, if you're called, if you're following his, my ways, I'll put together the will of God around you. You won't even have to look for it because it's going to be happening all around you. The doors are going to line up. They're going to make sense when you start walking through it. And we've been overlooking this for so long. Let me, let me say it in a different way, okay? Maybe we have that door to purpose out there somewhere. And we think that we need to find the doors of when and where and what. But maybe those doors are less critical to us finding our door to purpose than the doors that relate to our character. Maybe the reality is, is even if you walk through the right when, and even if you walk through the right what, and even if you walk through the right where, if you haven't walked through the right doors inside of here, you won't be able to open that door to purpose when you get there anyway. What if the doors to our character are more important to us finding that door to purpose in our life than those doors of details? What if instead of of the what, and instead of the when, and instead of the where, our focus is actually supposed to be on the doors of who? On the doors of, of who we're supposed to be, on the doors of who we're supposed to be doing life with. Maybe it's not about when am I going to get married. Maybe it's about who you're going to get married to. That's a little more important, isn't it? Not about just finding a mate, but it's finding the right person that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with, right? Not just about when am I going to get married, when am I getting married. And who are you going to get married to? That's a much bigger question you need to ask yourself. Who are you supposed to be when you get married? You can walk through all the different whens and all the different whats and then you get there and maybe you're not the person who you're supposed to be even though the other person is the person God wanted you to be with. They're going to look right past you and say, the character's not there. You're so busy focusing on these doors of when and what and and you weren't focusing on the who. Who am I supposed to be? Maybe it's the who. Maybe it's the why. Maybe instead of what door it is, maybe it's about how we open the door. What's going on inside of us? What's our motive behind this? Is God, you know, should I take this job? What's the motive behind you wanting to take that job? Maybe the why is more important. Is it because it's something you're passionate about? Or maybe it's because you're all about money. And you start looking at it and saying, wait a second, God kind of spells some of this stuff out. The door to why is more integral. It's the heart behind these decisions. It's the reason for our movements. It's the reason why we open these doors. Maybe it's the question of how. So much of what we do, it's so much of what we do in regards to our, man, our education, our money someday, our career, our relationships. We spend all this time talking about the the what and the where and the when, and one of the most critical questions is how. Man, you can say the same thing to somebody, and how you say it can make a completely different impact on someone, can it? You can say the exact same words to somebody. You say it with two different inflections, and it can have two completely different results. See, the how is so critical. Maybe the reality is when we start talking about these idea of doors, maybe it's not so much about seeking out the will of God and trying to stand in the center of the will of God. Maybe the reality is is we just need to stand in the center of his ways. 
Because if we stand in the center of his ways, that will will be around us. And I really do believe this. If you're in his ways, if you walk in his ways, you will walk in his will. You will walk in his will. It will happen. And here's how I know that this is the case. Jesus basically alluded to this in the grand scheme of life. I mean, in the grand scheme of life, here's what Jesus said. This isn't going to come up on the, on the things here. I just want to read this to you, okay? In Luke 10, starting in verse 25, it says, One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Can we all agree? Good question. Right? Important. Jesus replied, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus said. Do this and you will live. Jesus said, this guy asked, what what do I need to do to, to inherit eternal life? The biggest question, certainly the biggest one that should be on our minds. And the guy basically breaks it down. Smart dude. Love God, love everyone. Does this sound familiar? Love God, love everyone. And Jesus says, you do that, you're going to make it to heaven. How can he say that? Because there are a million separate questions in regards to that, aren't there? There's a million different applications that. How can he say that that's enough to be able to accomplish eternal life? Because he says the reality is if you approach every situation with this, you're always going to choose the right answer. You see, if we stand in the center of his ways, the will, it'll become clear. We don't need to worry about his will because if we get firmly rooted in his ways, when that door comes, we're going to make the right decision because we're going to be the right person. When the doors are lined up, we're going to make the right decision because we've dealt with the what, and we've dealt with what our character is, and we've dealt with what our struggles are, and we look at it, and when we see these doors that are distractions that might lead us away, we can identify them and say, no, that's not the door for me. And God's word makes that clear. That's not the right door. When we come to these doors and we we run into them in our life, we're going to know which doors to open. We're going to have the right heart about how we do it. That if we stand in the center of his ways, if we walk in his ways, we will walk in his will. Now, Cameron, Cameron, are you saying that, that if, 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 I, if I firmly root myself in all of his ways, that I can just do whatever I want? Yes. Yes. I believe that's what Scripture's saying, and I'm not afraid to tell you that. You know why? Because if you're rooted in his ways, you will not make the wrong decisions. That's what Jesus is saying with this. I mean, something as critical as whether or not we're going to go to heaven. And Jesus says, man, you love God. You love people. If you let that be your motive, you love God with everything you had. You love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you're going to make it. Jesus, isn't that scary? Isn't that a lot of gray area? No, there's no gray area. If you actually operate in that, every single decision is going to be made correctly. If we walk in his ways, we will walk in his will. And I literally mean, if you firmly root yourself and you decide, I am going to be focused on his ways, I am going to apply them to my life, I am going to seek them and make them the very core of my being, if you do this, I tell you, do whatever you want. Because God is going to lead you right down that way. Romans 8, he'll work together all things for the good of that believer.
if we stand in his ways. Is this not freeing to think about the fact of wondering, how in the world do I reach God's will? How in the world do I get to it? And God says, listen, it's no more, simple, it's no more crazy than you just getting rooted in my ways. I'll work out the details. I'll work out this different stuff like this. Can I tell you, that's my life. All of that stuff that I talked about at the beginning of this message, only one of those times did I ever actually hear anything from God. People think like, yeah, I'm gonna, Cameron's going to pray and there's going to be like a word from the Lord. You're going to see the, the clouds part and thunder's going to strike. and Yes, son. You know, like come from heaven. No. Now, you know what my life was? My life was an example of whatever God gave me. I did it as best as I could with all of my heart. And I worked on the why am I doing this? Man, I worked on the who am I supposed to become? And God laid out all the doors in front of me. I never struggled and hustled to find doors. God would present one and I would stand there and I'd say, God, does this look right? And I'd say, yeah, this is right. I can feel this. This works together for it. And I'd walk through it. I never had to struggle and hustle, and I understand, maybe you're like, well, yeah, Cameron, that's great, you're a pastor, that's awesome, absolutely, I don't want to be a pastor. I'm not saying that you're going to become a pastor if you do this thing, I'm saying God has a purpose for your life, he has that door waiting for you, and if you focus on on the ways of God, then they're going to become clear. What doors to open, what doors to go through, the will of God will find you, it will find you. How can I be so confident in this? It's because I believe that our Lord has a plan. We talked about last week, and that's why it's foundational to understand this. God has a plan. You have a purpose. We talked about Psalm 139, where it talks about the fact that he knitted us together in our mother's womb. I talked about how he's the one who programmed you. This is what Paul says, explaining God's connection with us in Romans 12, 6 through 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. How can I be confident that if I say that you stay in his ways, that you'll find the will? Here's why. So many of us have spent time staring up at God saying, show me the way to go. Show me your will for my life. And God says, dude, I already wrote it right down in here. That the things you love, the things you hate, the things that you care about, the things that break your heart, he says, I already wrote the plan right in here, man. He says, if you get in, his, if you get in my ways, those passions that I've put in you, rooted in you since day one, they're going to lead you forward. If you hate something, I highly doubt God is going to call you to do it. If he does, come tell me. That's cool. If you say, you know what? I really, really want to be a parent. Most likely, that's because God wants you to be a parent. If you say, man, I'm really, really good at leading. I'm one of those people who can think, that's probably because God wanted you to be a leader. Man, I'm really, really good at teaching. Great. You should probably go teach kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm just a guy who loves to work with my hands. Awesome. That's probably why God gave you that skill, because you're a man who's supposed to work with his hands and fix stuff. He wrote it in here. 
We don't have to be scared. And Where is the will of God? How do I find it? He says, stand in my ways. Walk in my ways, and you're going to walk in my will. It's in here. I'm going to work out the details for the good of those who believe, those who are called. You focus on the ways and the will, man. It, it will find you. This is so, 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 so important for us. So important for you. This should change the way that we live our life. Not worried and concerned and apprehensive and anxious about what comes next in regards to the will of God for our life. But instead saying, my responsibility is to focus on his ways, to apply myself to them, and I wholeheartedly believe that God will work out the details in my life. He will work together for the good. That we can trust him in this, that you can trust him in this, that there is freedom in this, not worrying that you could somehow walk past and miss a door. And you think, oh, I missed it. It's done. It's over. I missed the door. It's gone. It's over. Come on. I mean, do you really think that the God of the universe would have a plan that would be that shoddy? That one day because you ate a taco and you weren't feeling good, and you spent five more minutes in the bathroom than you were supposed to, that you walked out and you missed the love of your life, you missed the job opportunity of your dreams because your whole entire schedule was shifted by five minutes. Everything ruined. Your entire life off course. All because you stopped at Taco Bell. <laughs> can, we, can we not believe and agree that our God is more powerful than that? Can we not agree and believe that our God is more loving than that to us? That he says, if you just sit in my ways, he says, I'm going to work out the will as much as we want. I mean, how many people here, can you honestly just say, does anybody actually want to accomplish the will God has for their life? Anybody? Me? Is it just me? Does anyone want to accomplish and open that door to purpose someday at the end of your life? God wants it more. As much as you want to say, I want to finish my race, I want to open that one thing that God placed in my life to do, God wants you to do it even more than you do. That's why we believe in a God that says he works together all things for the good of those who believe. When we walk past that door, I mean, an average carpenter can move a door. You think our Lord can't move a door? You think he can't give us another opportunity to walk past that? If we walk in his ways, we will walk in his will. We need to apply this to our lives. You need to change the way you think about finding the will of God. Us as a church... We don't need to be so caught up, and this is even the truth with us when we think about how is this church going to grow and how is this church going to do this and, and how do we do all this? And it can get terrifying as like a pastor like me. If we don't do this, if we don't do this, what if we miss this? If we don't do this event, are we not going to, and then people aren't going to come and no one's going to meet Jesus and everyone's going to die and go to hell and LaSalle. Wait a second. Wait a second. If we stay in his ways, God, man, God will work out the will. There'll be an opportunity that'll come forward. There'll be these opportunities that we don't have to live this, this scared, frightened life of missing a door, but that we can walk confidently saying, listen, my responsibility is to plant myself firmly in his ways, to know his teachings, to live my life according to that purpose, that his will is for me to be holy. If I do that, I know that I'm walking in his will. The next door will be along, the next opportunity. I focus on this. If we all did this, it would change our church. It would change our city. I mean, can, you, can we just stop for a second and think? Isn't this just so the opposite of how the whole world thinks? 
It's all about me. Man, I got to hustle. I got to move. I got to figure this out. We would make Christ so attractive, people would come in droves to meet Jesus. I got to do that. I got to just, man, that stinks. (laughs) That sucks. Me? I root my ways in in the ways of the Lord, and God works together the path in my life. And he wants to bless me. It says in, in the Bible that he has plans to prosper me, not to hurt me. I don't have to worry about all that stuff. I do my part and I follow his ways. God works together a better plan than I could ever stitch together for myself. It says that he makes all the ways straight, all the paths straight for those, man, who are following him. Can, can we just all agree on the paths of this world, they are not straight, aren't they? Man, they round about, they double back, they fall over top of each other. God says, no, 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 you follow my ways and I make that path straight. You accomplish it with less heartache. You accomplish it with less pain in your life. Can you imagine us just being able to tell those people who are so worried and so scared and so frightened where you say, listen, that doesn't have to be the case. What if we could share our faith in that way? I'm really, really sorry that you're that worried and concerned. It has to be terrible. I would hate to be in that position. The only thing different with me, I'm not, I'm not smarter than you, or I don't got something more figured out. I believe that Jesus is working together my life for the good. I follow his ways, and, and he works out those details. We need to focus on this because, can I, just real honest before we finish up here, there are some of us who are shouting at God to show us his concealed will in an area, and we're not even applying the revealed will of God to that same area. We'll ask God to, to show me the details about this. And God's like, you're not even in the right state, man. Show me Peru. Show me Peru. Show me Peru. And he's like, you're not in Illinois. You're in Massachusetts, man. I can't take you there because you're not even anywhere near it, okay? God, please bring me that person. Can this person be the person I marry? Man, please let him propose to me, okay? Yeah, but you're not even doing what's right relationally with that person right now. You're not following God's will in his, in his ways in regards to that. Man, you know, God, just give me this new job. Give me this new opportunity. Give me this new job. Okay, that's, that's great. Man, I want to bless you. But you're not even following his ways in regards to our finance and, our, and your money. God bless me. God bless me. Guess you're not even following my revealed will for your life. You're not generous. You're, not, you think you're, you're a greedy person. You're not even following my revealed will. How can I show you my concealed will? This is important for us to think about because the reality is is we think that we need to find this very center, the will of God, and the reality is is we need to be looking at his ways. That's the center. If we walk in his ways, we will walk in his will. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for being such a great God, and we praise you, God. Man, that you, man, you are so good that you say like in your word that you will literally work together all things for the good of us who believe in you and who are called and who walk in your ways. God, we thank you so much for that. We thank you that we don't have to scramble and hustle and be scared and worry about missing doors because if we just root ourselves and walk in your ways, then we'll be walking in your will. I thank you for being such a great God. Thank you for for maintaining this word that we can find such truth inside of it. I pray, God, that people would have a passion for picking up your word, Lord God, and finding your ways. Jesus, I pray that you would bless every person here. God, that you would lead them into that close relationship with you. And I just thank you for how you have a purpose for every person. In your name I pray, Jesus.
Amen. Please come back next week as we continue with this. And if today you say, you know what, I want to know his ways, feel free to stop back at guest services. We always have free Bibles for every person. The best way you can find the ways of God.